0: So Philippians chapter 3, and our verse for today will be verse 10, but we'll start at verse 7 actually, not 8 as the as screen is, but just to put it together for us to kind of understand. And as we read the Word of God, as we just uh, uh, listen, as we just uh, ask that you would open up your hearts. That you just open up your heart and ask God to reveal those hidden things that He has in His Word. So Philippians chapter 3, I'll start at verse 7. And this is what it says. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Verse 8, yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my lord for whom i have suffered the loss the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that i may gain christ verse 9 and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is from the law but that which is f- through christ through faith in christ the righteousness which is from god Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law. Verse 10, our verse for today. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering being conformed to His death. Another translation puts it this way. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and the participation in His suffering. I'll stop there. The participation in His suffering. Who wants to participate in Jesus' suffering? Uh, I'll tell you, I I don't put my hand up easily for that. The participation um, in His suffering, becoming like Him in His death. I just want us to read those words again and let them sink and maybe think about it. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. What does that mean? The power of His resurrection. Of course, face front, uh, it's the power that raised Him from the, the, uh, the dead. But there's more to that. And the fellowship of His suffering. That's a whole topic, a whole preach in itself. Being conformed to His death. Now this is a classic verse many Christians, I would imagine you, even I, hold dear. We memorize this and use it as maybe perhaps a life verse. I want to know Christ. I want to know Him more. And so as we've come to this verse, verse 10, we see why he, Paul, made knowing Christ his life ambition. So, in, in a few words, in this verse here, we see Paul has made this, this, this verse his life ambition. So, this is a, is a spiritual giant, Paul, as you would know. This verse, he makes it his life ambition. Now, based on this verse, we will look, we will see possibly four uh, reasons why this verse was Paul's life ambition. It's one thing to say it was his life amb- uh, ambition, um, but we need to understand for us today, why? Why was it his life ambition and how did it get to the place where it became his life ambition? Is it okay? So we'll see about th- um, three or four reasons why. And as we read through this uh, uh, scripture, as we understand, as we learn, I just Lord, have your way in us and through our, us this morning, God. Work in our hearts. And the first reason why Paul made this particular scripture, a, um, his life ambition, his way, his go-to, the reason why he's alive, was because he had purposed himself to um, grow in his knowledge about Christ. How are you this morning? Have you purposed yourself to grow in the knowledge of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? If not, that's okay. We are in the same company. We're here to encourage one another, and we're here, and we trust that the Lord Jesus will help us to also make this particular scripture and the rest our life ambition. So Paul was determined to grow. His purpose was to, to grow. In his, he wanted to know more of Jesus Christ, the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So it starts off in this um, verse, that I may know Him. Now see, the word that introduces a purpose clause. Now what I mean by that is, this Paul states became his life purpose. His life purpose, whatever it looks like, whatever life threw at him, whether it was in the midnight uh, hour, whether that light was so far away, whether he was shipwrecked on on the sea and all sorts, you know, like scorpions and snakes biting him, whatever was happening, his delight, his purpose was to know Jesus Christ. His life ambition was to know Jesus Christ Better, better not just to know him, but to know him better. He had known him for a long time, as you know, as as this, as he was writing in Philippians, it's the commentators say he had been saved for about uh, a quarter of a century, which is a long time. Yet, he was still proclaiming this, I'm sure, in his heart, firstly, and then to the Philippians, encouraging them that. Actually, I still want to know Christ. So I've known Him for a quarter of a century, but that's not enough. There seems to be more. I wonder if that's true of us. We know Christ for however long that we've been walking with Him. Do you still long and yearn to know Him more? To know Him better? He could aim no higher. He could aim no higher. To know Him better. You see, I don't know about you, but in the Christian world, I would imagine it's quite interesting that many people um, feel that coming to Christ at at salvation initially is all there is to know about Jesus Christ. And I wonder whether length of walking with Christ, whether we've kind of gone back to that place where. Uh, I'm saved, I've got. it's almost like I've got the ticket to go to heaven. And remember it's not about heaven, knowing Christ is not about heaven. Knowing Christ is about being reconciled, because of Christ we're reconciled to God. We can have a relationship with God. Those who do not know Christ, the reason why we pray for them, the reason why we go out and evangelize as God leads us, is that they can be reconciled to God, that one day they will not face an eternity away from God. And of course, facing an eternity away from God means that you're in a place that you don't want to be. We don't want uh, our friends, our families to end up in hell. A place where it's the absence of God. So the motivation is not uh, going to heaven, which is a byproduct of knowing Christ. The motivation is that you don't want to be away um, from God. God the Father in eternity. And the truth is that the initial um, salvation only introduces us to Him. Salvation only introduces us to Jesus Christ. There is more to be known about this great king, about this man that we sing about this morning, every other day, at home, in our cars. This man that we just so, that has changed history. This man who history pivots around him. There's just so much more to know about him. See, it does not exhaust the wonder of his person. He is, has just got so much more for us to to uh, learn and as we grow in grace we understand him better so I'm speaking to con- uh, us who have been uh, converted or saved for many years I'm wanting to remind us through the word of God that there's more there's more there's still more do you agree? do you, know? do you, do you agree with me? there's more There's more. doesn't matter how long you've been saved for. There's more. You can be the the veteran of veteran Christians. There's still more. You cannot exhaust knowing Christ Jesus. Now at this point you might be asking, okay, well, I I hear you, Joe. Thank you for that. But how? (laughs) How am I to know Him more? There are lots of formulas. There are lots of things that people come up with. Clever people. Thank God for clever people. They come up with all those things and need to learn from them. But how? How does it look like? How do I get to know this Jesus better? In order for me to answer that question, I must remind us that Jesus Christ is a person. Jesus Christ is not some mystical force just floating around, you know, just oozing in and out as it were. Jesus Christ is a person. You need to that's the foundation. He is a person. And if that's true, if he is a person which we know is true, how do we get to know him better, other than spending time with him? The only way you get to know someone... It's by spending time with them, isn't it? For us married folk and those who were married, uh, kids, whatever the case is, how do you get to know your spouse? How do you get to know your children? How do you get to know your friends? It's by spending time with them. I cannot get to know you if you're there and you're forever there and I'm here. There's a distance. The only way I get to know you is if I, if I spend time with you. The only way we get to know each other is if we spend time with one another. It's the same for this king that we are singing about. The only way well it's not the only way, but one of the probably the biggest way to get to know him is by spending time with him. Are you okay with that? That's the truth. <laughs> And I use an example as as humans, as we understand. The only way to get to know each other is by spending time uh, with each other. It helps us understand that that's the only way you get to know Christ Jesus is by spending time. So we understand that, but how do we practically do it? How do we practically spend time with Him? And the simple answer is through the study of His Word. Through the study of His Word. We don't have to study His Word academically, which, if you can and you want to, that's not a bad thing. It's good for us to get to know Him. But just being found meditating on His Word. That's how we spend time with Him, putting time aside to spend time with Him, reading His Word. But uh, finding time in your in our busy schedules to pray to Him, to engage with Him, to speak to Him, allowing Him to speak to us, to worship Him, to praise Him, to give Him glory. As we do that, we will get to know Him better. I know it's not rocket science. Maybe you're hoping that I've got this formula as to how we get to know him better, but it's simple just by spending time in his presence. As I said, Jesus Christ is a man. Um, you know, uh, he's not some force. Although today we worship him through his Holy Spirit, we lift him up through, we don't see Jesus Christ, the, the man, the, the God man. Today we speak to Him and engage with Him through the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit. The Bible even, is even called the mind of Christ in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16. The Word of God is God's thinking about Christ. See, we will become more intimate with Him as we grow in grace. And just a reminder, salvation is only the beginning. It's not the end. It's not salvation. It's just the beginning. So I'll take you back. Can I take you back to the day that you got saved? Can I, take you, can I remind you the day that Christ overcame the things that He overcame to come and take you? That was the beginning of your relationship with Him. That was a a, a miraculous day. That That was incredible. That day you were able to commune, to interact with God your Father because of Jesus Christ. Initial salvation is... The is only the beginning, the commencement of knowing Him. And here's a, a sentence that I don't think maybe we will uh, appreciate or like, but I'll say it anyway. My dear friends, this morning I must remind you that it takes time to know Him. It takes time to know Him. Paul, say, for a quarter of a century, he still wants to know him more. You would think he's walked this road with Christ. He's gone through a whole bunch of stuff. He writes a a, a whole lot of the New Testament. He's got a relationship with him, but yet he still says, I want to know him. I don't know him. It takes time to get to know him. But it also takes sacrifice from our part to get to know him spending time with Him. The word know in this verse means to know by experience. To know by experience. So told by saying that I may know Him. How does it, what does it mean by, by I may know Him? By experience. It is not enough to know Jesus academically. So I said if you want to learn and go to school, uh, learning the Word of God, it's not a problem. But it cannot be, it's not the only way. It cannot be academics. Academics are good, but you cannot get to know Him academically. We must know Him personally by the experience of fellowship with Him. By the experience of fellowship with Him. How do you have fellowship with Him? How do you gain fellowship with Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, is by spending time with Him? Isn't that it beautiful? It's hard because, you know, there are lots of other things that are um, pulling us, it's trying to take our time. But we must know Him personally but the experience of fellowship with Him. Fellowship. We've got to walk together. We've got to be together. We've got to uh, pray to Him. We've got to uh, uh, meditate on His Word. Study His Word. Pray. You know, take the Word of God and, and, and pray and ask Him, God, can I please help me to fellowship with You more? I thank You for what You've allowed me to experience up until now. But there's more. I dare You. I dare, dare I say, I thank you, Lord, for the challenges that I am going through, because joy does come in the morning. I wonder if Fawcett had those words in his in his mind, whilst in prison, or when he was in the shipwreck and all the rest, when the snakes and scorpions were. I wonder whether he had that, that uh, mindset. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to go through what I'm going through. I don't fully understand everything. I don't fully see everything. I don't see the whole picture. But I know, God, that you have a plan and you have a purpose. So dare I say thank you for this life that you've allowed me to be uh, to have. That experience comes primarily from the study of Scripture. It's not just good enough to know God, this Christ, Jesus, academically, just by reading, just trying to understand. There's got to be fellowship. There's got to be experience. There's got to be intimacy. There's got to be a heartfelt waiting on Him. Waiting on Him. So the first reason this verse, verse 10, was Paul's life ambition is that Paul wanted to grow in his knowledge of Jesus Christ. Paul admits and he knew that there was more. Quarter of a century saved, carrying on, living this life. God has allowed him to live. He's in prison uh, because of doing the work of God as it were. He didn't choose to go to prison. He didn't choose to be uh, shipwrecked. He didn't choose all these things. It happened. Life happened. You didn't necessarily choose the path that you're walking. Perhaps you did and if it was wrong, God will help you auto-correct. But there's some things that we don't choose. Life just happens. But as we get to fellowship with Him, as we get to understand Him, as we get to understand that the greatest treasure we have is Him, it's just knowing Him. So those things kind of fade away. Those things don't consume our hearts, don't consume our lives. The challenges, the difficulties, the diseases, all these things that are part of this life do not consume us. They're there, yes. We are to pray against them. We are to pray for God's will over our lives. if I had to say this morning that it's God's will that you go through suffering? What do you think of that? What if I had to say that this morning it's God's will that you go through suffering? I don't like that. I'll admit I don't like that. It's God's will for me to go through suffering. I don't like that. But you know what I do know is that Jesus Christ loves me. What I do know that He has paid the price for me. What I do know that His word says that before the foundations of the earth were put into place, He had me in His mind. What I do know that He has a plan and a purpose for me. And if that plan and purpose, uh, part of it is I've got to go through some sort of suffering, so be it. Lord, help me. Help me as I say those words. Because I don't say them lightly. You remember Jesus when he was going to the cross? And he said, Father, take away this cup. Take away this cup. If it's possible, take away this cup. But not my will, Father, your will be done. Lord, I pray that you would help us to have that mindset, Lord. Help us to have that mindset, Holy Spirit. That we would be ones who say, take away these things. Help us through all these challenges and turmoils that we're going through. Take them away if it's possible, God. But of course we know it's possible. But Lord, not my will, but your will. Paul's life purpose was to get to know him better. The only way he got to know him better is by recognizing that Jesus is alive. Yes, he died for all of us, but guess what? He was raised and he's alive. Jesus is a person. And the good news is that it is possible to get to know him as a friend it is possible to get to know Him as a companion. It is also possible to get to know Him as your Lord and Savior, as your Commander-in-Chief. It is possible. He's not, just, he's not so distant that we can't reach Him. He's here with us this morning. In fact, the Word says that He resides in our hearts. Every single one of us as believers He's, he has made his home in us. See, there is such a thing as a deeper knowledge of Jesus, a more intimate knowledge of Jesus. I ask us do we know anything of it? And if we do, have we forgotten it perhaps? How is this desire in your life to know him more, to know him better? See, it's one thing to study the Bible, and we need to study the Word of God. I agree. Yet it's another thing to have a personal knowledge of Jesus. There are those who do not have a relationship with Jesus, but know the Bible. They've studied, they've, academically, they want to see. They're atheists who have studied the Word of God, but they don't profess it to be the Word of God. There's no life. They study it academically. Jesus doesn't call us to study His Word academically only. He calls us to study and meditate in His Word through this personal relationship with Him. You see, this is why all our Bible reading. Which is a tick box? Which is okay? It's okay to have the tick boxes, but all our Bible reading has to take place in an atmosphere of humility. Now, atmosphere might sound like it's a little bit more like magic. Like you, you can't, you can't, you can't make it happen. But you can create an atmosphere, you can allow an atmosphere of worship unto him. This morning I prayed, Father, uh, thank you for allowing us to worship you. We come to you with humble hearts. We don't come to you that we know the word. I'm going to worship you because you call me to do this. No, we come with a, is it a, a, a knee that is bent. A heart that is humble. that creates an atmosphere of just um, humility. Atmosphere of humility. And so as we read, for instance, this particular book, this chapter, the Bible, as you read it, we pray, Lord Jesus, reveal yourself to me. Do you ever do that? Maybe, perhaps. As you read, as you open the word, His word, Do you maybe start off by saying, God, I'm going to read your word, not out of duty. I know I I need to, I want to. Won't you reveal yourself to me through your word? You present yourself with a humble heart. Reveal yourself to me this morning. As I said earlier on, Paul has been a Christian for a long time when he was writing this to the Philippians, and remember, he was in prison when he wrote this. He wasn't writing this; he was writing to those who are free. They're not bound, and he's encouraging them. And for him to be able to, he wasn't. It, there was no uh, hypocrisy, as it were. He wasn't writing this in, "You guys do that." Uh, I'm sure he was battling. God, I'm in prison. Please take this away from me. Release me from this prison. But God, not my will, but your will. Yet he would still say, I want to get to know you better. He would still say, My purpose in this life is to get to know him better. Are you okay? You're with me this morning? The truth is that Jesus Christ is a man. Today we worship Him in spirit and in truth. He loves it. He enjoys it. He, he delights in it. But we have to do, we've, we've got to do it. He does not force Himself on us. He does not, um, He wants you to love Him. It's like your wife, your husband, your children, your your. You don't want them to have to love you. It's a duty that you want them to love you because they want to love you. It is important to know more of Christ than its simple salvation. So I remind us the day that you got born again, it was a glorious day, I would imagine. It was. The word says that when one is saved, all of heaven celebrates. There's a party in heaven, in our understanding. There's a party. The day that you got saved, there was a party. All of heaven celebrated. Hey, this child was once lost, now he is found. How exciting. Have we forgotten that? All of heaven celebrated the day that I got saved. The day that you got saved. But then we are still here on earth but it still allowed us to be here. We haven't gone to heaven. Therefore, there's more to know Him. Therefore, there's a long, whatever, however, whatever the, the cut-off date is for our lives, doesn't matter. Up until that day, there's still more to know Him. And how do we know Him? By spending time with Him. By making time for Him. Not out, out of a legalistic um, place, but out of a place and a desire to follow Him, we need to experience Christ. Here's a challenge for me and perhaps for you. We need to experience Christ daily, not just in you know, occasions, they that got saved and that happened. No, no, we need to experience Christ daily. We need to know Him more intimately as our Lord. And because since um, Christianity is essentially a relationship and not a religion, Christianity is not a religion, it is a relationship. It is crucial for us to develop our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The more we center on the person of Christ, the more Our spiritual life grows. And the truth in closing is this if we lessen our relationship with Him, if we diminish our relationship with Him, because remember, He does not force us to spend time with Him, if we do that, then our spiritual life weakens. Our spiritual life weakens. one of my desires as a son of God, the child of God, and one of my desires for me, my family, and my ch- church family is that we would be like, um, you know, that story where there were those, I think it was the disciples who went and tried to cast the demons out of those who were demon-possessed. And... Um, the demons say to them, Jesus we know. Paul we know. But who are you? And I think they've got a hiding of their lives. I think so. I can't remember. I paraphrase. Forgive me. But my desire is that when life happens, and it does and it will, is that we stand and on this side of the grave, victorious, then we approach darkness. Our light shines, not by force, but because of who we are. We exude Him because we're spending time in His presence. Because our relationship with Him is that much deeper that when the enemies come and say, I know Jesus, I know Paul, they would say of me, I know Joe." I know Jamie, I know Wesley, I know Malcolm, I know you guys. I can't, I can't, I can't touch, I can't stand, I can't, I can't do my work here. Why? Because we represent Him. And as we do that, push back, push back the darkness. And we allow Him to shine His light for His glory. So this morning I ask, what is your life ambition? What is your life ambition? Father, I thank you for your mercy, mercies that are new every single day. I thank you, Lord, that Paul is an example to us. Having known and walked with you for a long time, yet he would get to the place he says, I want to know you more. I want to know you better. Lord, may that be of us as well. That Lord, we would say in all honesty, we want to know you more. We want to know you better. May your name be lifted up high. May you be glorified through our lives daily. May we know you and experience you every single day, God. May we have fellowship with you, deep fellowship with you every day, God. Not just on a Sunday or when we have a gathering together. But Father, every day may we have a moment with you where we can glorify you. We can testify of your goodness. Help us to be those who shine your light wherever you have called us to be, despite our situations, God. We bless your most holy name. In Jesus' name. Amen.